My name is Jack Oway. And I am Jay Oway. And we welcome you back to another episode of Like Dragon, Like Sun. The father-son podcast talking all things D&D. And uh, we do this sort of thing where I talk about, you know, ye old stuff of yore. Right. And uh, Jack uh, fills me in with the woke stuff of now. And <laughs> uh, and together we provide you the, uh, the service of uh, two generations talking about the world's greatest D- world's greatest role-playing game D&D. the world's greatest D game yeah which we, we, we run we pretty much so. play that every week yeah that's us it's a shame no one else gets the type yeah. of quality we well get, they so. get they get insights by listening sure, to this podcast sure. if you so listen welcome, to us, you get welcome closer. and uh hey we're talking we're talking about uh we're talking about science fantasy we're talking about jamming some spells yeah used to say back then right? so um in 1989 a, uh, a sort of new branch of D&D was born, uh, a game called Spelljammer. Right. A setting, I should say. It's, sure. it's It uses, you know, basically D&D rules, uh, but it was, you know, it was a completely new setting. Hmm. Uh, written by a guy named Jeff Grubb. Um, kind of built on a first edition uh, book he'd also authored uh, called Manual of Planes. And then right. at, uh, yeah, they came up with this idea for these, um, this way to sort of describe, you know, planetary systems being inside these big kind of crystal bubbles. And there's this big sort of magical flowing energy outside of those bubbles that you could like get out into. And basically it takes sort of like ship life into space, comes mm-hmm. up some rules for like how to work gravity and air and breathing and do stuff like that. But then, you know, kind of still sticks with D&D, but it gives the world a few new races, the universe, the multiverse, sure, sure. a few new races and a way for you as a DM to have, a, you know, campaign settings where characters go from like vastly different worlds where you know rules are really 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 different um and some of the races that maybe go along with those very very different worlds yeah and you could have a hodgepodge crew a little mix of all of them (laughs) true or you could play your regular you know old town folk or go to the travelers of the multiverse which is a new unearthed arcana which has been released yeah, very recently yeah if you're wondering why the heck are we talking about this now is because the 5e wizards of the coast D people are like dropping pretty strong hints that they're bringing Spelljammer back and it, it hasn't been in 3e third edition or fourth edition so this is yeah, a bit yeah. Of like so a, it's been a while the second edition while. was the last time it was officially like a thing I think there's some third edition was, maybe um, adaptations but it's been a while since a I've while. seen it uh, true and there's and even actually yeah. if you go online today and look for any sort of spell jammer logos and stuff they got a really kind of like late 80s <laughs> vibe to them going on I yeah. kind of dig we it actually up on the thumbnail it's kind one. of like retro cool um, but maybe I'm just think that because I'm sure. old I don't know there's six races for us to now look at and be like ooh over um, and they're they're quite diverse in there you yeah know. six races is a big drop for uh unearth arcana um but at the same time it's not a big drop when you consider that these are you know six main sort of races to to play this game with um sure sure i mean there's obviously probably some other races right like your classic yeah elves, yeah humans, you can dwarves. you can bring in like anything in D uh straight up you know usual races uh humans and and whatnot and and today with our custom lineages uh i'm sure we can dream up almost anything Mm. uh for this space and and i think that's actually an important part to remember as well even in how they're designing these races is that they're going away from each race has ability score buffs tied to it so one of the first things we notice in this uh this UA is that everybody plays by the same ability score mm. increases and buffs. 
which is uh, to say two in one thing and one another or three in anything else these are like tasha rules yeah kind of like or set as precedent and are now going forward i think that's just it's going to be standard now for everything we see and do and mm. and that's fine which also means you know backwards compatibility wise you can kind of play these that sort of setup with pretty much any build you do now i think mm. um, without without ruffling anybody's feathers anymore yeah True. so take us through first top shelf name name the six uh six right, races right, right. for us well we've got six new races some of which are seem to be subclasses and some of which are brand new um but aren't necessarily new if you are not subclass sub races like sort of, right, yeah races um the astral elf is a new kind of elf yeah um who is likely thousands of years old who's a denizen of the astral plane gives me almost gith vibes but maybe they live along the gith, or not gith but gith yeah, H. and I think the Gith Yankee are also an uh, elf derivative. Sure. I think if the lore so these could be very tells. similar, almost. I mean, if you right now are not wanting to do this UA and you want to have a similar space elf, try out the Gith. You know, yeah, I think Gith Yankee are a, a thing that are like psionic Gith, elves, Gith or whatever. Um, sure. Lots of fun. There's the Auto Gnome, which is a mechanical gnome gifted with free will. I like to almost imagine they're built by other gnomes, like like rock gnomes. Were like, let's make some other gnomes, you know. And, yeah, auto gnomes and... are the warforged of uh, of this sort of game. It's basically a small version, sort mm. of slight changes to it uh, of a warforged idea. Yeah, uh, there's the GIF with That's, two Fs. Yeah, G I F F. We have seen them uh, in Five E a little bit along the fringes. That's what um, I mean in the monster manual. Or yeah, yeah. Like that, you can see these guys, but they're like big hippos. Um, yeah, I think the picture that's in 5e that floats around is of a GIF holding a big, like, blunder, or, bun, yeah, blunder mean, bus of yeah, some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah like a monocle thing. and, like, a yeah, full, yeah. like, outfit. It gives you, like, a very almost yeah. sophisticated vibe well, I think to It should have, I think, give, starts to give you what the Spelljammer vibe is going to kind of mm. be as well. Yeah, definitely. There's it's got the, a little bit of a, what you want to call it, a little bit of a steampunk sort of vibe going on yeah um it's got a bit of you know age of sale flavor in there a little bit of mm. jules verne sort of stuff thrown in yeah um there's the i don't know how to pronounce this hadozi hadozi i think that yeah i think hadozi's right um but they're also known as deck apes in previous editions i don't know if they'll stick with that but i think they might not i think that seems like a little, a little condescending somehow maybe. yeah sure i could see that um uh, but they are a highly adaptive simian uh being who uses wing-like membranes to glide and there is some great art out for these guys people love this like when you say ape it can be anything like from gibbon-esque to orangutangy to gorilla you know you choose mm. how you want to kind of like perceive it and then you put this sort of extra skin underneath their sort of arms and like it gives them a gliding a power and, and but they're very much again we're talking about these ships that are in Spelljammer. there's a lot of like age of sail to it so it's got a uh which is gonna be great for anybody who likes playing swashbucklers or oh, yeah, other sort of like you know piratey deck sort of yar type things um so you'd imagine there's masts and rigging and things like that and these are sort of characters or sort of you know stereotypically i granted you know working in the sort of rigging and they can glide down and flip around the ships and use gravity to their advantage and stuff it's kind of fun mm, yeah no i kind of look cool i mean I almost yeah i think they look super one. cool uh then there's the plasmoid which seems to be getting a lot of attention online uh which is an amoeba like being um, yeah well i mean what's it, the precedent for them i playing playing an ooze sure. i mean that's crazy your type is ooze that's mental um super they... fun uh I, I i just the idea of like um yeah just yeah. being like it says amoeba like amorphous you yeah, can like I sort of move they... your shape around it's a very different uh gosh it's a very different character build right i mean we're definitely we're so used to things that have got two legs and two arms maybe centaur's got four legs but <laughs> Yeah, I just looked it up, and it seems like it's like an umbrella term for like a bunch of different creatures from second edition, um, and there's like three different types as well. But um, here it lists all sorts of like acid doesn't harm them, and cold only slows them down. And yeah, um, and it's it's very typical of five e 
to take a lot of things that were sort of, you know, complicated and then sort of simplify them into simpler sort of bundles. It's more accessible. But yet still give people the freedom within that simplification to customize and make their own Mm. uh, sort of thing. And we'll get into the details of some of each of these in a second. And finally, there's the Three Kreen, which again, you might see in your Monster Manual. Yeah, it has shown up. And we've known about its playability in the past as well. Um, it's a basically six-legged insect thing with powerful telepathic abilities. Well, the interesting thing is that not all of them are telepathic or have psionics, I don't believe. Um, and that there was an interesting video by Runesmith a while back on the three. I always thought they kind of had to because they like their vocal cords didn't properly work. They just went made little insect noises otherwise. Well, that's what they that's how they communicate with each other. But and there's one psionic one typically of like that's the leader of the pack. But I guess they can, you know, let's make them all. You know, what's it? Psionic, or telepathic. A little I, slow on the. I suppose today. it has the psionic power, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think those are just mostly for telepathy. I, I don't know if they'll go any further with that, but it almost like makes you like think. Mm, could I go aberrant mind? Could I go whatever? I mean, just it starts to inspire whenever you start to hear psionics. Um, in terms of all the other sort of stuff, languages seem like everyone gets common and one other choice. Everyone's pretty much humanoid. I think I didn't see any non-humanoids. I don't believe. Um, and most of like height and weight and lifespan are all shown here, but that's not the juicy stuff. The juicy stuff is the actual racial features. Do you want to like start at the bottom and go up? <laughs> start with three cream and work our way back to the sure, top. Sure, why not? Um, and I think, yeah. So I think the the important thing to recognize here is that um, again, the the ability score stuff is now no longer really what you go and look for when you're thinking about oh, what race do I want to play. Because um, your ability scores can be whatever you want them to be, whatever it suits your class build. Mm. So what you're looking for now is racial flavors. Like what what kind of cool things do being this race give me? And uh, and keep in mind, also because of custom lineage, if you don't like all of these things, you can play something. You can have the same looking creature, but give it other stuff. A feat for custom instead. lineage. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Although I would cream. say that, to be honest, in uh, like ranking wise, a feat does not measure up to how powerful these racial abilities are. Yeah, these are pretty unique, uh, at least for some of them. Some of them are maybe a little bit less cool, but and I would like to see more. But with three Cree, and they get lots of cool stuff. They get so much stuff. Um, in terms of their description, they have insectile features and two pairs of arms, which means two pairs like, of arms. Like, well, what does that mean? Can I have two two-handed weapons on me? Mm, not really. But well, that's because you get kind of like your your second pair of arms yeah. are like baby arms. Yeah, they're not very good. Um, but your size, you get a size choice. You can be small, true. which is fun, or medium. And let's not forget or gloss over the fact that we're monstrosities, <laughs> which means you can't be targeted by all those pesky charm persons or whatever. I mean, monstrosities evade a lot of different things. That's kind of fun. Um, not even like protection from evil and good stops you. You got a so. you got a natural AC of uh, thirteen plus your dex score That's if you don't nice. wear armor, which is kind of fun. And you have advantage on dexterity stealth checks. Yeah, because your carapace, your armor changes colors. True. So essentially, it's an action you can give yourself advantage on like, dexterity stealth checks. You're like the the predator. It's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, classic dark vision, uh, and then secondary on yeah, dark vision too. sixty feet. Um. um Oh, 60 feet's good, right? Yeah, 60 feet's okay. Oh, I think it's the highest for most no, no. races, right? Uh, the Durgar of 120. Sure, but most people with fairly good dark vision go 60, right? Yeah. Um, secondary arms, you have two slightly smaller secondary arms, um, but you can only use it to wield uh, light weapons, um, and you can't use other kind of weapons with that, and you can't wield a shield with your secondary arm. But you can hold light weapons. That's so cool. it means your main arm can still hold a shield, and your main hand can still hold a longsword, longsword, or whatever you want. Sure. Um, and then your little baby hands can mm. sport daggers or rapiers or mm. oh, is, I think yeah, rap- rapier does rapier light. have a light? It's, I think it does. Oh, it's got a finesse property. Mm, I don't know. I actually don't know if it is light. It may not be light. Uh, but anyways, anything that says light on it, mm. uh, hand crossbow. True. Two hand crossbows. Ka-chink, oh, that's actually cool. Take crossbow master. Oh my god, that's a great idea. Yeah, and a sword cool. and a shield. Oh my god, that's, that's so pretty, cool. That's pretty sick. Um, yeah, I like that. 
And then in terms of other things, you get sleep is revitalization, which means you don't need sleep. I don't know if that's just a good thing. That they there's get, a lot of there's a lot of we don't need sleep going true, on here uh, in these in weird, all these classes. And I don't know if that's, you know, uh, because, you know, somebody has to be standing watch on deck all the time. Um, yeah. It, I think there's a lot of stuff going on almost now where I'm just like, as a DM, you're just, you, you know, if you like surprising your players with like raids in the middle of the night that wake them up, I don't think you can do it anymore. I mean, it used to be rough having an elf in the party. You know, there was like a four hour window while they were meditating, but you know, now it's like, yeah. You these guys, play, so they yeah. don't they don't require sleep, but and in fact, these guys don't even have to sit still; they just have to refrain from any strenuous activity That's to gain the crazy. benefit. So they could still like they could still be like I don't know, driving the ship. Sure, they could still be you know cooking Selling a meal. Clothes. They could be writing letters. I mean, I don't know what you do, but light activity, uh, reading, reading books, yeah. researching stuff. I don't know. Totally. Three green telepathy. You have the magical ability to communicate mentally with any number of willing, keyword willing creatures. Any you can number. See. It's kind of cool. Within 120 feet, though. But if someone doesn't you want put to a be lot spoken of creatures to, in you can't speak to them. Oh, they're like, get out of my head. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do. Contact a creature doesn't need to share a language with you, which is crazy, but it must be able to understand at least one language. Your telepathic link to a creature is broken if you and the creature move more than 120 feet apart, which is a, in kind of an insane range. If either of you is incapacitated or if either of you mentally breaks the contact, no action required. It's pretty cool. They are a solid, fun race to build something with. Yeah, I mean, it's that's great range. It's like b better than message, you know? Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I mean, and the camouflage course, function could be done. There's so much role play things you could do with that. Just also just coloring yourself to be whatever for whatever you know special event. You put your regal purple color on. <laughs> yeah, three queen are pretty cool. I like to see what people do because you could get really creative with how you yeah. have more hands. You know. Yeah. Um, cool, cool race though. Um, heading up the page, we get to our plasmoids, um, which is kind of funny. They're amorphous beings with no typical shape. In presence of other folk, they op often adopt a similar form, but there's little chance of mistaking a plasmoid for anything else. You don't have internal organs. <laughs> Your body's just composed of cells and fibers and plasmatic and, ooze. And nerves. Clusters of nerves. And they, they enable plasmoid. Oh, these nerves let them detect light, heat, temperature, sound, pain, and vibrations. You if you ever wondered, how does a new ooze speak? Well, it does so by forcing air out of tubular cavities uh, that constrict to produce Ugh. sound. Instead of like, it sounds like you just like fart out noises. Yeah, kind of. I mean, isn't that what speaking is anyways? Is but, it? <laughs> um, I guess there's no like bacteria released really. I mean, I guess there is as well. But when plasmoids sleep, they lose their rigidity and spread out and are sometimes mistaken for a rock or some other feature of the environment. So like if you were at like on board a ship or something, you'd have a jar maybe that you slept in, like a big like barrel or container yeah. so that you didn't like roll all over the deck or somebody have stepping in you or something. Ugh. You should yes. crawl into a barrel or you should go. Sh That's cute. Um, they consume food by osmosis and they excrete waste through tiny pores. Ah. Fun. I don't know. How I they leave a little this. slime behind them as they move around. Is uh, it like pooping? Gross. Um, you're an ooze. You get you get dark vision. <laughs> you're an ooze. You're not even humanoid. You're Which an again, ooze. How does ooze see? I don't know. Well, I it's almost, through their nerves. Is it through the nerve senses? But then isn't it. Like forget Wouldn't dark vision, isn't something? it blind sight or tremor sense or, or something? Yeah. I don't Anyways, know. obviously that would be eyes, that would probably be pushing the ooze too far. Hence why we often don't see oozes as a playable race because there's a lot of questions in this that I'm like, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. Anyway, so somehow you see through you your ooze or ooziness. It could be a medium ooze or a tiny, tiny ooze. You could be tiny. Well, no, oh, no, 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 small, small, but small. still, I'm, I'm being. Yeah. Descriptive here. Um, uh, normal speed, but, but you, you can, can but you can <laughs> squeeze through narrow spaces only one inch it's wide. Crazy. Right? Provided so. you're wearing and carrying nothing. What do you wear as an ooze? Can you wear armor? I guess it depends on your class. Sure, why not? I'm an ooze paladin. Look at my full plate. Yeah, it's that's weird. I don't even understand how that works. You have advantage on ability checks to initiate or escape grapples, which is cool. So it's really easy to suck people up and hug them. Um, 
I don't know. No, no, um, it's, it's the other way around. Oh, I guess you can you can actually grapple, I suppose. To initiate An escape and grapple should be more than an advantage. I mean, you should just... That should be a kind of win, automatic That's crazy. win. Um, you can hold your breath for one hour, <clears throat> um, which is Which cool. is a long time. Yeah, it's a little, quite a while. Uh, you have resistance to acid and poison, an advantage on saving throws against being poisoned. Not immunity keep in mind but two resistances and a advantage against conditions and I suppose if you can hold cool. your breath and it's airborne poison you probably a whole hour before you have to take a breath of it exactly so. and if you shape yourself provided you're not incapacitated you can reshape your body to give yourself a head one or two arms one or two legs makeshift hands and feet <laughs> or you convert into a limbless blob no action required so this is just it so i guess what you're doing so we to answer our questions of how does the plasmoid work you are shaping yourself into a humanoid of some sort sure. so that you basically come out of your little barrel that you're sleeping in and you ooze into your armor and then you shroop, form up into a, a body shape that supports the armor underneath it Eesh. and uh and you get on with your day but why would you pick only one arm is my question um, or the, one leg the, yeah well because you're on a pirate ship so you can have the other leg can be true, like a peg true, leg true 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 as that you put on like and just for effect I for show it. I hate it and the other arm's got a little hook on the end of it yar oh my god as a bonus action you can extrude a pseudopod which is like a little like tendril that, yep. that is up to six inches wide and ten feet long which is a long um, you can use the pseudopod to manipulate with any object open doors and containers um, it's like a mage hand, essentially. Yeah, tentacle that comes out. Um, yeah. It can't attack, though. No, it can't attack. But it is a bonus action, which is in... Yeah. Or, uh, or carry, against mage hand. Activate magic items or carry more than 10 pounds, which sounds like mage hand to me. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. Um, isn't mage hand five pounds? Yeah, maybe. I don't so know. it's a little... It can do a little bit more than mage hand as well. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I don't know what I'd weird do. Weirdest of weird, then. though. Weird. I have to say, it's 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 definitely <sighs> something I'm gonna have to think about in order to come up with like a cool build for. I think um, take like um, mask of many faces with this, you know, warlock and like yeah. make yourself look like anything, you know. Yeah, you could, or and yeah, maybe some sort of that we're not master used. deceiver, sort of, you know, the face of the party yeah. has no, no real full, face. Like, kill someone, take their identity, and yeah big charisma build on it lots of uh deception i like to see like when you're grappling them you're just like fully like encasing them in you in your ooziness yeah weird (laughs) cool concept though then to something a little bit less weird and perhaps a little bit more human uh is the hadozi hadozi um who are people with simian features that long ago lived to um adapted to live amongst their tall trees which give them sort of sugar glider style yeah. like under arm gliders uh, yeah. which is kind of cool and like i said like the artwork out for them is pretty pretty awesome and to have a look at that's inspirational for thinking yeah okay we're basically making a you know a sentient ape mm. playable ape type character that has got the ability to glide yeah i mean who doesn't like that it's pretty cool um, humanoid again medium or small your choice um, yeah. so you could be a little baby like monkey sure but, and you can climb ape, I should say. you can climb at the same as you, your speed as your walking speed which is so nice which is nice lovely additionally you can take the uh, use an object action as a bonus action great for artificers who want to activate all their little gadgets super fast um, which is that's kind of crazy cool. that means two bonus actions what what do you mean Oh, I see. You use object. Oh, the use object action. I get it. So it's not your object inter your free object interaction that you're you're gaining. You're you're switching. You're taking the use and object right. action. Right. So basically, as you, a bonus you can action. if you've got things that are a bonus action to activate. You can. Well, if you usually like activating most things takes an action, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. And so you can oh, activate like I whenever understand. like your thing might say as an action, you can activate this items, whatever, whatever, whatever. You can now do that as a bonus action. See, everybody cool. out there in Radio Land, it's when you're old, you get confused. <laughs> um, so yeah, I get it now. I get it. So Pretty cool. You can use two object, do the use object twice on your turn. That so you way. can action bonus action if you want, or you can to. attack, or use sure. it as a or even nice. if like certain items like as an action you can cast one of the following spells from it boom bonus action and activate the object 
And they're saying it's dexterous feet that you're actually doing with your feet. True, but you could flavor however you want. Yeah. Um, why? Why it could be your feet? Why? Why not? Um, there's glide as well. Um, provided you're not incapacitated or wearing heavy armor, so there's a prerequisite there. You might want to stay no away gliding from in paladin or something like that. Um, you can extend your skin membranes uh, and glide. Um, when you do so, you can perform the following aerial maneuvers. Whenever you fall, you can move up to five feet horizontally for every one foot you descend, which is kind of crazy. Like five feet down and you're already 25 feet you know, moving. It's pretty cool, you know? That is pretty cool. Take jump or monk with this and like leap in the air and just like shoo. That is cool. Um, it, when you would take fall damage from a fall, you can use your reaction to reduce the fall damage to zero. To zero. That's amazing. <laughs> Not like by a certain amount, just to zero. Completely to zero. Um, which is kind of insane. Any yeah. distance of fall, you can just <laughs> reaction zero. Um, so maybe it does kind of overlap with Monk a little but the bit. The area already. maneuvers thing is so good. Like you say, if you've got a good jump distance, so just again, take the jump spell if you're you like could, a ranger or, or wizard or, or if you've just got decent strength if you're a fighter build. True, even. true. Or yeah, um, take like um, champion. Champion adds cool it to us. So you and, have like twenty foot jump on yeah. twenty two feet jump on an eighteen strength, um, and then yeah, you convert. So I mean, half of it would be moving up, but the other ten feet down then converts into yeah. what 50 feet forward like that's crazy that's huge that's massive distance then that's totally like airtime. increases your and if you can like fall by distance. 500 feet in one turn i mean are you limited in how far you can glide uh, yeah i mean I'd ha as a dm i'd have to sort of sit down and if i had somebody playing this kind of work out because maybe it's not that far maybe yeah the I arc of a jump and things on, like, like this does this and, like cost movement for me like yeah and what still. I mean is it do I am I still capped within my total of thirty feet or can I get a little bit more out of this because I'm technically falling and not actually like and moving not, and yeah and, and I have to sort of work this out but I, I would as a DM right now I would somebody's saying I want to play it I would definitely be working towards if they are creative with it extending beyond their usual thirty totally, feet of movement totally. that's what the race features yeah it's all about now. that. so definitely. especially since they've got climbing speed as well if they climb up fifteen feet and then leap off. Mm. that they can then coast out another 45 oh feet or something or whatever it'd be fine like you know what i mean 75 like feet you mean or whatever it's mad it's like 15 feet's not even that high. you climb 15 feet and yeah so you've got more than 50 you would only have 15 feet left in theory but this would let you glide even stretch farther. that Jeez. even further so Jeez. yeah that's that's cool even climbing up your eight foot tall fear bowl could jump in off their head would give you crazy air time yeah that's like 40 feet fun baby there's no way that's crazy yeah so anyways a little bit of you'd have to sort of i want need to sit down on especially with a battle map and kind of like look at that in terms of squares and especially if you're doing like a lot of shipboard battles I guess it's, you have to be falling which is i think if we're playing Spelljammer, we're going to need a lot more ship based uh Rules. battle maps or battle maps yeah I, there's plenty out there there but is but yeah you need to collect some honestly this is probably one of my favorites already all I right mean, the other ones are just a little weird i mean they get a lot but they're just weird um we get on to gif which have been longtime favorites of both of us but um there's a funny joke in its write up and there's some cool write up here with like you know, what they look like and storytelling is their rich tradition but then the gif are split into two camps concerning how their name is pronounced half of them say it with a hard g half with a soft g <laughs> disagreements over the correct pronunciation often blossom into hard feelings loud arguments and headbutting contests but rarely escalate beyond that which is obviously a play on yeah, graphics the, interface whatever right uh, format format um being gif or jif but yeah I say gif and if you're if you disagree with me then if you like giraffes then out. maybe you think it's a just sound yeah who knows but but if I you like think the word graphic is pronounced with a hard gif. g then it's, maybe it's pronounced gif i don't know gif you know then it would be with a j right gif it would be like the yeah, if you really want to make sure that people aren't confused of what sound it should be you put it use, use a, a j. j it's just that simple yeah otherwise it's assumed is it that graphics? you mean no it's graphics yeah. graphics i'm i'm with you all the way um, you have the following racial traits. You're humanoid as well. <sighs> Thank God. Um, your speed is, oh, you sorry, your size is medium. So no being a small hippo here. You got to be medium, which I kind of respect. Mm -hmm. um, you have swimming speed equal to your walking speed, which is classic there's, 30 And there's feet. some reasons why we never get large creatures yeah, to play. It's, um, it's just a nightmare. There's a Bashu video. Yeah, there. there's a, in it, and I, he does a great job explaining how you then start picking up like large size weapons and that starts doubling the damage dice. Yeah. And yeah. before you know it, there lies madness. 
Like a hippopotamus in a crystal ware shop, you're naturally adept at damaging things. When you roll a one on a damage die for melee attack, you can re-roll a die um, once per turn, essentially. But still, eh. Yeah, it's not a great eh. one. I mean, I, I I think there is moments in D&D where you roll a one and you really wish you could re-roll the dice and it feels nice True. at the and table. If you're going like full barbarian um, or things with those big mm-hmm. D12s or whatever. But in terms cool, of whether but... it really turns a tide for battle, that one's far more about me as a player feeling a little bit better about myself yeah. rather than, because your average damage output as a character doesn't change that much on re-rolling ones. True. Like other rises, ups the races a little are bit, gliding and turning into any shape they want and yeah. extending pseudopods. That sort of stuff actually is far more advantageous than re-rolling a one. Now, it's like, yeah. it feels a little too, I feel like I want something else that's like a little bit more flavorful. But we do but. get hippo build. So True. if you like building big strength-based characters, if you like uh, Goliaths, if you like uh, Fearbulgs, uh this one's this up takes it to the minotaurs max. yeah this yeah. is up up that this alley is even better because not only do you get your classic powerful build where you have advantage oh sorry um um your one size larger in terms of what you can carry and push and drag Which and lift people sleep on that sometimes cause that's actually a huge deal yeah it kind of tr- makes it you dub- feel doubles up your strength like lift stuff which is pretty cool um but you also have advantage on all strength based ability checks and strength saving throws no like for certain things like grappling or whatever just every single strength check and advantage. every single saving throw oh, that's so amazing yeah so like yeah that's that that's crazy if you it can do a build that that gets you expertise in your, your athletics as well i mean Jeez, holy cow just people are just pinned down there's nothing you can, they yeah. can do uh so that's pretty fun yeah you're just like and, and, and a build that gives you proficiency in your strength uh saving throw as you well know, maybe this comes out around the the holidays and we get a hippopotamus for christmas but we'll see how that turns out <laughs> fun um moving up we have the auto gnome which is kind of funny they, yeah they've got a, an actual like uh random table in this one here. yeah that's cool i always like this little history your creator gave you autonomy autonomy and urged you to follow your dreams your creator died leaving you to fend for yourself you were stolen from your creator and longed to return to them. But essentially, the idea is you were built by rock gnomes. A glitch caused you to forget your original programming. <laughs> it's so fun. You can be like a full ter- Terminator gnome. Yep. It could be fun. Terminator gnome that's forgotten your original programming. Um, yeah, so the fun little like random table to sort of generate your backstory a little bit. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you're, you're small, but with a 30-foot walking speed. That, that beats regular gnomes right there. I mean, there, it's, it gives reasons why you might be on your own, but it suggests that it makes a lot of sense if you're with a gnome friend. So if you're yeah. maybe new to D&D or if you want to do a fun duo concept, someone plays a rock gnome and you play their auto gnome companion. Yeah, maybe if you're not even so new. Maybe if you're new, you play the regular gnome. Sure, and, and someone else plays uh, an auto gnome to like help you out and like you can actually metagame like, sir, I suggest you take the X action. You exactly. Know, like, you could be the know-it-all robot. That's hilarious. Uh, and yeah, and your metagaming is kind of based on the autonomes programming. programming. Like, I, I, sir, you are in immense danger. I suggest you. And actually, yeah. I, if you're an experienced player sitting out with new players and you're going to do this, that. that's yeah, deal. play play the butler autonome. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I love that. Um, that's great honestly or it might be like a, a gnome inventive father whose son has gone off adventuring but it's like take the auto gnome I, if, if you get into any danger the auto gnome will save you and you, i mean you are small you are a construct not humanoid construct um typically that means you can't be targeted with most healing stuff but there will be a exception later on um classic walking speed but you gain a automatic 13 plus dex modifier so you basically have um, mage armor all the time while you're not wearing armor, which is just mage armor. Uh, essentially, yeah. it's just always mage armor. Which is the same that the, the three cream had as well. Which is pretty cool. Um, built for success, you can add a d4 to one attack roll, ability check, or saving throw you make, and you can do so after seeing the d20, but before the effects are resolved. So it's like a free d4. Um, a number of times equals your proficiency bonus, which is always pretty good. Yeah, it's, a, it's quite a good... Uh, it's basically like having... Uh, well, it's mm-hmm. even better than... Uh, guidance because it works on attack rolls and saving throws as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So it's a bit like bless on those combined together on yourself. Yeah, um, I would argue that like if I was playing like a support character, that I want to change this into use my reaction to give other people d fours. Yeah, but again, that's, that's what cool. DM. I argue for that. I don't know. That's what I want to do. Maybe as a sire, please 
but, try this. But maybe again, if you if you built a skill monkey with them, true, that could be you could be quite helpful for the. I'll handle it. You're the you're the droid on board ship. You're the R two unit that's fixing things. Sure, and fixing all the ship parts. Um, as a part of your mechanical nature, you have resistance to poison damage and immunity to disease, uh, which is nice. Not immunity to poison damage, though, um, because there are some natural parts, I think is what it said. Yeah. Uh, and you have advantage on saving throws, not only against being poisoned, but being paralyzed, too, which is cool. Yeah. And as a final reminder, you don't need to eat, drink, or breathe, which is always a classic. Uh, right. But you still need to take uh, a little bit of a downtime rest six hours um in a motionless state instead of sleeping yeah um so you can't be moving at all which is worse than the three crane but, but you remain conscious true so you can keep which some i think is pretty much what warforged do as well right yeah um i think maybe it's a little bit more, i think it might even be centuries rest might even be the same name isn't it it is the same name but i, I wonder if it's more time than warforged maybe i'm wrong but i thought warforged was four hours regardless you get some other stuff too um, you get specialized design, giving yourself two tool proficiencies of your choice, which is nice for some self-repairs, perhaps, um, or generally know about if you want to be fixing the ship. Like the tool could be vehicles, air or space, if there's vehicle space now, um, and maybe whatever sort of vehicle space, bracket space, weaver's tools, yeah, or probably. You do. A cool for an artificer as well, maybe as well, where you can cast mending on yourself, because um, the true life feature means that if mending is cast on you, you can expend a hit die to regain hit points equal to your constitution modifier, which is quite cool. I just looked up Warforged. Sentry's rest, exactly the same. Six hours inactive. Mm. Oh, is it the you same? You can cool. see in here That's is normal. In addition, your creator designed you to benefit from common spells that preserve life but that don't normally affect constructs, so you gain the benefits of cure wounds, healing word, and spare the dying. Um, you don't get anything else. So only those three work on you. So mass cure wounds, I mean, the DM could argue that it's the same kind of magic, um, but other ones don't necessarily work on you. So keep that in mind. But these three are given the exception. But the fact that you gain the extra ability of being healed with mending, the can Which is trip. A trip. Of course, it's limited to your hit dice, but Yeah, but still. still. We've we've talked, we even tried once to make a healing cantrip. It's a broken idea. It's very hard to do because... If you don't design it just right, people spam it. It has to be based on hit dice or something yeah, limited. It has to, um, like they can only do it once per long rest or something. True. But the, the thing about this um, one, though, is that, like, why not just take a short rest, right? Yeah. Like, if you've got this much time to do mending, I mean, it's it's better because it's a minute, right? we got a couple minutes. Quickly do some repairs. Because it's not doable in combat is the thing about, like, the mending spell. Um, yeah, but still, I mean, a hit die in combat ability to is... is I yeah, um, you can cast on yourself if you're a spellcaster. True, it's pretty cool. What I'd like to see someone be creative with is on their autonome mark a glyph of warding with mending. It's at any time the autonome can slap the glyph, activate it, cast mending on themselves, and yeah. magic skittles all over them, fixing things and locking them back in place. That's fun. Um, I don't know. It's how you be creative with healing on the fly. Um, again, this is also dependent on your class though because your hit die if you're an autonome barbarian that swings into battle defending its master um, then this will be a d12 plus your quant con modifier whereas maybe that more supportive cleric or artificer yeah. autonome will be less competent um, in terms of what the healing they get but still I, I think knowledge domain with this could be hilarious um, I mean you play a knowledge domain cleric um, uh, who's a real gnome a real gnome imagine them being an I want to be a real gnome <laughs> even better you know but no okay Still, though, I think of the ones, this is maybe my favorite, along with the Hadozi, in terms of like the creative like things I'm thinking of already. Well, there's still um, one more to go. The role play. It's true. We have one Last more to go. Last but not least. Uh, and we've been nearly going for 40 minutes, so um, we'll get through this astral elf, which is not a entirely new race, uh, but instead a sub-race. Yeah, and, and so, you know, like many of the elf stories these days, um, you mm -hmm. know, the elves... They're in somewhere in their history. They they branch off, right? Some sure. go this way, some go that way. Um, From the know. Feywild, it yeah. says here to the astral plane to be closer sure. to their gods. Some ended up in the Underdark. Some ended up wherever. Like these ones ended up in space. Mm. Some never left home, like the Eldrin. Uh, uh, yeah, but um, life in the Silver Void has imbued their souls with the spark of divine light, which is kind of an interesting link between space and gods. I wonder where that'll go, but. Um, because nothing ages in the astral plane, apparently a rule. Um, astral elves are thousands of years old, 
and their longevity um, gives them an unusual perspective on time, even more than other elves. I think it's hard to play a really old, old character. Yeah, I've yeah. played them in games where, you know, they're hundreds of years old, like 100 or 150 years older than everybody else in the game. And even that makes you feel like, you know, weird that your character can be like talking about, you know, things that were happening, not to just in the past history of the the current king, but the king's father and the king's grandfather and, you know, going back mm. generations. Now you can be, if that works at your table, you can be a great keeper of history. Now, I think the Astralves are a little bit, it's okay to be a thousand years old because you're, you've been out in space. So, you know, you show up in whatever environment and you don't really have local history for what's going I've on. I've heard of so. Taylor too, you know, but yeah. it depends how adventurous you so are. So your age yeah. doesn't really matter that much. Although I think if you were spend a thousand years, like you'd be like, I mean, how much could you be mastering skills and things? You'd think that yeah. after that much time, you'd have proficiencies up the wazoo, but. True. But you do get some stuff like that, which is in the form of um, trans proficiencies, but we'll get to that in a minute. So off the bat, you just get humanoid medium, 30 feet walking speed, which is perhaps the most boring that we've seen <laughs> so far. It's okay, though. Um, you know, one of the following cantrips of your choice. This is called astral fire is why <laughs> they named this, true. right? So you've learned somewhere in space to light stuff up. With either dancing lights, light, or sacred flame, which does not produce light. Um, although and weirdly, you can confusing. use it to, you can cast sacred flame with, I mean, or any of these, your choice of intelligent wisdom or charisma is Which is the way can. they're going with it as well. We saw that in Wild Beyond the Witchlight, where the racial spells are any of the ability scores yeah, of your choice. Yeah, so you're casting sacred flame with charisma or something, it's kind of cool. Yeah, or with intelligence, you, you ain't seen cooler. that before. You know, yeah, yeah, if you want to wizard casting throw sacred it, flame. throw that together, Why that's not? kind of cool. Uh, your classic dark vision for elves, as well as fan ancestry. Um, keen senses as well, all normal, where you get free perception, advantage on saving throws to avoid or end the charmed condition, all that sort of stuff. Um, but then you get something called Radiant Soul. Yeah, uh, you know, this is an unusual thing. We I haven't seen stuff tied to this before. So this is connected to your death saves. Hmm. And I I don't know if I've ever seen anything else that's well, kind of connected to the death saves. There's other things like this. Like you think Celestial Warlock gets whenever you succeed on a death save. You think some sorts of... Um, Maybe it's so an awesome on this one, basically, like if you say make a death save yeah. so you successfully, death save. you're going to bounce back with the number of hit points equal to your proficiency bonus plus whatever ability you chose as your spellcasting one. Mm. Um, Intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. Uh, so you know you'll probably have a like at least a plus two in that, probably three Hopefully, or four, maybe a three if you're a spellcaster. Um, so, attack. but it doesn't matter because frankly, at most this is eleven hit points, which is not yeah, a lot but, at twentieth level. But it doesn't matter. You picking up, say you're picking up a lowerly, more average number of four or something. It's still enough to be like four is, back in the fight. So I'm dead and I'm dying. I roll a d twenty. Oh great, I got over ten. Bam. You got a fifty five percent chance. I'm, ba I'm I'm back on my feet. Yeah, but it's not as good as the orc one because you no. still lost your turn. Sure, but as long as I don't have a bad guy standing right over me, hitting me again. Well, even if I do, actually, this has been quite, quite good. Um, at keeping me, however, I can only use this once per long rest. So it's only a, a save me. Get out me, of jail once per long yeah, rest. Yeah, save me once per day sort of deal. So but could, cool, you better not end up in this situation more often than that. And, <laughs> and this does buy your whole party a chance to come and to your rescue, which they probably should have been doing immediately after seeing you go down anyhow. True. Um, so hopefully they've managed to get whatever's standing over you off of you. And if you've bounced back with this, this is great. You're back on your feet. It's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of combat heavy, but it's a cool concept. Um, I think, you know, you could be like light comes out of my eyes and mouth and ears and yeah. I'm back on my feet um, trance is like normal and finally you get trance proficiencies which is a special thing wherever like anytime you finish a long rest using your trance you gain two proficiencies um, with a weapon or tool not with a skill which is weird yeah. a weapon or tool I don't tool. know if that's just errata that needs to be fixed mm, that's weird um, but okay so this goes back I mean Again, Fun for people again, who don't this, get weapons this really, Well, and, and it does, like you were saying, also with Radiant Soul, this leans almost on saying, hey, this race is a very martial-based race. Or You're a gonna, monk. Yeah, you can see this being a very cool monk. Um, yeah, but I mean, how often in-game do you need to come up with the ability to use a new weapon? It's a great... Imagine this is a Sun Soul monk. This is like a perfect Sun Soul monk. Yeah, but once you, once you get a, 
Okay, all right. Let's say you don't have any weapon proficiencies, and this gives you the ability to well, like as a monk, a how would how much would you don't even get martial weapons? You just get sure. simple weapons. Sure. How would you like that? Finally, that finesse whip or that long sword or that whatever that you can heavy turn crossbow. into a dedicated weapon. I don't think you can because it's heavy, but still. Um, <laughs> but you know, but okay, like my if I want to play a a rogue sure. uh, with this, I want to play a, a scout, and I want to use a heavy crossbow as my uh, you my sneak attack weapon. You know? Previously, I would have to get dip into fighter or True. something. Um, no, you don't. And now I can just meditate, uh, and ta da! Um, although I think it would be, I think this would be better if it also included proficiency. Uh, choosing proficiency with skills. Yeah, but, maybe. I don't know. But this but, idea, yeah, I guess I guess this was what I was saying in the very beginning of this, though, with uh, if you've been in space for a thousand years, you've probably learned how to use a few things. Sure. But this is, it comes from your shared elven memory, um, yeah. which you retain until the, uh, when you finish your next Whatever. Flavor it how you want. True. And that caps off our six races um, that we've looked through. Your favorite is... Uh, ooh, tough call. Um, wow. If I was to play one today, oof. Um, plasmoid. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm tempted. I really am, actually. When I'm looking at the list here, I liked our autonome butler. I could play that. I I think that would be fun to play. I'd be I'd enjoy that a great deal. Um, mm. I mean the yeah something about the plasmoid being it's it's just totally weird enough that i'm i'm very intrigued to play it probably end up hating it very quickly yeah uh but there's a part of me that's always drawn to like the most extraordinarily weird thing that they offer up um mm. even if it's almost just more to to experiment i could see um, a unfathomless warlock i'd i'd, I'd I think I'd be more interested in doing a one-shot sort of deal with it rather than committing right. to like, okay, the next two years of my life, I'm going to be playing a plasmoid. plasmoid. Um, but maybe it's not. Fun. Maybe I am. Maybe you, you could do something fun with it. I mean, I just got to think. Of yeah. what's, what's a crazy thing you could go with? Um, and I sort of think like, imagine if you had a ship and you had six players and you had mm. one of each of these on the ship. It's a weird that would, crew. I know, a but it would be bunch. it'd be such a great adventure. Like the group, um, love them very much that way. They're all they all bring their own, you know. They all have their own lovely personality. Even if before you start as a player, you know, putting your own spin on them, they each come with uh, with such great sort of cooked in flavor to them that, mm. uh, yeah, that they would make a lovely motley crew. Uh, of characters to, to put together and I think maybe that's what I want to see most I want to just see a, a crew full of these uh, a variety yeah. of these characters now here I've got a question for you though okay well first tell me your what would you play I think it's either the Hadozi or the Autonome yeah one of those two Autonome's getting some votes today okay so here's a bigger question um for those of us who, who run homebrew campaigns and often try to open them up to allow our players to do whatever kind of crazy stuff they want to do would you let any of these into your any campaign you're going to be running i think i'd need to hear the explanation from a player like if they're playing an astral elf because it just fits with their subclass that they picked and they have more of like a, a religious or some sure. sort of tie then i'd be like uh, astral sure, elf's the least weird of them all they're they've just got yeah. a couple of things that regular elves don't have autonome i mean in this more modernized one i might allow it I, if I was playing an, uh, if I was playing a Eberron setting, why not? Oh, I mean, yeah, Eberron is they perfect. They would fit but... perfectly. Who cares? Like, I don't they, know. It, not even blinking an eye, they'd be it's great. It's a little bit of like pushes the edge of what's too, you yeah. know, futuristic for D and D. I yeah. think most DMs would be like, well, but Eberron's got a fair bit of that steampunk stuff going already. True. So I, I wouldn't. And if it was an Eberron setting, I'd let. Yeah, Astrals are fine almost in any setting. Autonomes and GIF probably no no issues there either, and even the Hadozi. I mean, with the and the three Kreen, honestly, I think those are all fine. It's yeah. just the plasmoid that's a little odd. I, but I, although but if, I, you know what I do for plasmoid to justify it in any setting. But if my Curse of Strahd, Jubilex uh -uh. spawn, Jubilex spawn, just that Maybe. Jubilex is the Jubilex. ultimate yeah, demon yeah. ooze thing. Just make it like your spawn of Jubilex that went astray and was, you know. Yeah, sanctified or whatever, and now you're free of that demonic touch. But and it, you're your own ooze. If I was, if I was in my Curse of Strahd campaign setting, I don't think any of these 
get to come and play. Yeah, maybe sadly. Not. Uh they're all just I mean, maybe the autonome could be it's potentially. Cute. It's you know, there is sort of animated uh puppetry in the game. Sure. And if we sort of flavored you to be that sort of Yeah, or just thing, like the you know, exactly. Make it less robotic and more yeah just like a puppet yeah know? more clockwork more uh, like magical puppet you know cursed pinocchio stuff sort of thing yeah. exactly exactly you yeah. could do a fun pinocchio with i mean it's like yo this is the perfect pinocchio yeah size small and, construct and um what was the uh the class thing we were looking at the day that gave you the uh from the fey that had the little fey voice that would talk to you oh that was like fey lost the background right phalos in the background that gives you the yeah oh phalos auto gnome that's pinocchio yeah and you've got a jiminy cricket that talks to you on the shoulder that's cute there's like the flaw is whenever i lie my nose gets a little bit longer yeah you there's a character for you there you go so maybe you're playing uh domains of delight you're doing something in the feywild check out our previous uh episode where we deep dive into how to to create a domain of delight Yeah. yeah i would definitely be all over letting somebody play pinocchio that's cool. Yeah. That's very cool. You know what? Autonome's my favorite. I've calling it. It's so cool. I love Autonome. So many cool ideas with it. Just like all those other robot ones, but this one, this one's well written. And I can see the sort of the funny smallness to it. Yeah, I think it's it's strange. It's like, like an R2-D2. The, you know? the idea of like, you're basically just saying, look, we're going to make a small Warforged. Exactly. But Get your even dropping your the words, Warforged. even just dropping the words Warforged from it, like calling it something like Warforged has it's a lot like, of like, symbolism yeah. built into it. Like I'm a big soldier. For war. Yeah. This war. is like, no, I'm just a handy little gnome contraption. I'm, I'm it's much more whimsical. I'm just a wind up uh, toy. Or, yeah. yeah. It's, that's creative. I love that a lot. Cool. Well, thank you very much for joining us for another edition of Like Dragon, Like Sun. Thanks for bearing with us through the, the D&D break. And that, now we're back for, for yeah, more. Yeah. Uh, I hope that this will help inspire you, too, to be a traveler of the multiverse. Uh, get out there and try some new stuff. And jam and, some spells. Uh, jam some spells. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.